Hello, podcast listeners. It's Ophira here. We know that you love public radio, so you should celebrate your love by coming to Radio Love Fest. It's this June at BAM, and all of your favorite public radio shows are going to be there. This American Life, Radio Lab, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and us. Ask Me Another. We hit the stage on Friday, June 6th with special musical guests. They might be giants. So grab your tickets immediately at amatickets.org. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. And get ready to party hard, because this week's VIP is the musician and performer, Andrew W.K. And now let's welcome a man who always parties responsibly, our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton. That's right. Stay in school, kids. Hi, everybody. Now, this game is called How Now, Brown Cow. And if you've ever wondered, where does that saying come from? Look no further, because nobody cares. <laughs> but we do care about our contestants. Joining us, we have Gene Shing and Jim Noggle. I'm very glad to have you here. Jonathan, I love it when we put some of the smartest people that apply to be on our show in the silliest games that we right. have ever written. Uh, because I understand Gene studies intelligence, literally. <laughs> yes, I'm a brain and cognitive science major in double in management science at MIT. So Yeah, there you go. I'm out. Sounds pretty smart. <laughs> now, Jim, you're very smart, too. Physical therapist and former sports medicine doctor. Not doctor. I worked in a sports medicine clinic. Come on, but... just work with me. Okay, I was a doctor. I was the chief MD-PhD, doctor. right? <laughs> Yeah, so like I'm saying, these yeah, are so the Yeah, so congratulations, brainiacs. you guys. All of your schooling is about to pay off. <laughs> I'm going to play a game about brown cows. Brown cows. All right, well, this is a silly game. It's called uh, How Now, Brown Cow? Jonathan? Yes, well, what we're doing in this game is we have assembled a list of things other than brown cows that it makes sense to talk to, <laughs> as much as it makes sense to talk to a brown cow. Anyway, they all rhyme with brown cow. And let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, for an example, because I have failed to explain this game in any way. (laughs) Yeah, I think we need an example after that. So what do you say to a popular dish in Chinese restaurants whose name literally means palace guardian? You would say, how now, Kung Pao? Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Or or shrimp. Or shrimp, shrimp. to be fair. (laughs) Shrimp. But you do have to start each answer with how now, as if you were talking to this thing. Okay. You ready? It's going to be fun. All of your training is going to come into play right now. What would you say to a Hawaiian barbecue? Gene. How now, luau? That's exactly what you would say. Yeah. Jim, you got it? You're like... Um, I'm catching up. (laughs) What might you say to the seeds of a tree used to make dark chocolate? Jim. How now, Cacao? That's right. How now, cacao? Alluding to a type of breed, it's what Martha Stewart might say to her dog, Genghis Khan II. 
What? Yeah, that's right. That is the name of her dog. A type of breed of dog. Uh, yes, Jim. How now, Chow? Chow? <laughs> How now, Chow Chow is absolutely right. <laughs> her dog is a Chow Chow. <laughs> And I'll just explain this to Jean. That rhymes with brown cow. You see what's happening? I, I'm floored. Thank yeah. you for telling me that. It's, com- it's a complicated game. What do you say when you arrive in prison? A.K.A. the cooler, the locker, the slammer, the big house. Jim. How now, Hooskow? Yeah. Yeah. What do you say to an ice-cold bottle of the self-proclaimed number one Chinese beer in the United States? Jim. How now, Zingdao? Yes. I think you got the pronunciation a little yeah. wrong. But it's, it's close. We'll say Qingdao. Jing, Jingdao. Jingdao. Jing, Jingdao. That's right. Yeah, now I got it wrong. Yes, you're right. <laughs> they are the self-proclaimed number one beer. That is like clearly from their website. That's right. It's their, it's their idea. <laughs> it's not even a title. They, they didn't have time to do any sort of survey. <laughs> what do you say to the Berlin neighborhood found in the name of the 1980s band who sang True? Jim. How now, Spandau? That's exactly right. Yeah. Spandau Ballet. Yeah. All right, this is your last question. Though it would be difficult to say it to him now, it's what you might say to a grumpy old man from Grumpy Old Men. Jim. How now, Mathow? Yeah, Mathow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Art, what happened in that game? Uh, to the winner, I'd say, how now, Jim Noggle? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Jim. Congratulations. Jim, we will see you again at the end of our show. I'm going down to Cowtown, the cow's a friend to me Lives beneath the ocean and that's where I will be Beneath the waves, the waves, and that's where I will be I'm gonna see the cow beneath the sea Yellow Roosevelt Avenue leaf overturned The ardor of our boreality Is an adventure we have spurned We have spurned A new leaf overturned It's a new leaf overturned So I'm going down to Cowtown The cow's a friend to me Lives beneath the ocean And that's where I will be Beneath the waves, the waves And that's where I will be Gonna see the cow beneath the sea. Gonna see the cow beneath the sea. Jonathan Colton. Let's say hello to our next two contestants, Sylvia Ozels and Darwin Connor. Darwin, Sylvia. Would you, uh, did you give yourself a nickname growing up, or were you given one, Darwin? Your name's Darwin. Was there any nicknames? Yes. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this in public. Okay. Let alone on the radio. But in junior high school, I thought it was a good idea to call myself Big D. (laughs) (laughs) And a friend of mine 
got me a red sweatshirt. This is in the 80s. That said, big D in quotes. <laughs> which I wore to junior high school. So that worked out well. And you're like, look what I did for myself. I made myself very, very, very popular. Very popular. Sylvia, uh, what did you decide to call yourself? <laughs> I never had a nickname, really, because I was kind of a serious kid. And so, like, nobody felt uh, compelled to give me a nickname. Man, there are a lot of sad stories on stage tonight. <laughs> did you have one, in, like, if you could I have did one? briefly call myself Silent J, because there's a Silent J in my name. <laughs> but it didn't really stick. It's like an electric company story. No, it's Big D and Silent J. It's like an '80s rap group. <laughs> All right, Big D, Silent J. This game is called Nicknames, and in this game, we'll get real familiar with people named Nick. I'm going to give you three made-up nicknames to describe a famous person or fictional character, and you have to ring in in the nick of time <laughs> and tell us who we're talking about. Puzzle Guru Archung, how about an example? Sure. If we said Coppola's kin, Mr. Moonstruck, and a national treasure, the answer, of course, was Nick Cage. Okay, and these nicknames, just remember, are made up. They're not real ones, uh, as far as we know. And we're also talking about people with variations on the name Nick. So don't be thrown. Let's go. Rich man, poor man, Malibu mugshot model, and the sexiest man alive in 1992. <laughs> Sylvia. Nick Nolte? Yes. He was the sexiest man alive. I know. That is the most... I would never get that. Yeah. And it, that's... Was, it was Slim Pickens in 92. <laughs> Not a nickname he gave I mean, himself. Not, he was not the sexiest man. Slim Pickens was not the sexiest man. I mean, Slim Pickens. The Pickings literally were slim. He's all that. Ringmaster of America's Got Talent and Mr. Mariah Carey. Sylvia. Nick Cannon? Yeah. <laughs> totally knew that one. Yeah, you did. My buzzer's not working. Oh, you want to test it? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Paris's pal, Lionel's girl, not so simple lifer. Sylvia? Nicole Richie? Yes, indeed. What happened to you, Big D? <laughs> no. It's Silent J's Call, call me Silent D. <laughs> Brit critic. Arsenal soccer fan, high fidelity scribe. Sylvia. She uh, took a gasp. Nick Hornby? Yeah, exactly. You never heard that person. <laughs> About a boy? Darwin, you've never heard of that person? I've never heard of that person. I have no idea that. No? Is. Did this you is ever... completely unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We always try to write personal quizzes, and it's hard. Maybe you know this one. We'll, f we'll find out. Nick Cannon. <laughs> Pink wig enthusiast, idol judge dropout, feud-fueled rapper. Uh, <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Can I whisper to him and have him say no. it? No. You say the word. I know. Oh. <laughs> uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, exactly. 
All right, this is your last clue. Tambourine tapper, leather and lace lover, Fleetwood Mac Mama. <laughs> She's looking at me and answering. Feel bad. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is correct. Don't hate the play, I hate the game. <laughs> wow, I do, I hate the game. <laughs> I don't even know if we need to go for it, but clearly, uh, Sylvia was our winner. Congratulations, (laughs) Sylvia. We will see you later for our Ask Me One More final round. I love those two. They should have a sitcom. They totally should have a sitcom. (laughs) Coming up, we'll talk to musician, motivational speaker, and high priest of partying, Andrew W.K. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. out with Jonathan Colton and me, Ophira Eisenberg, at Ask Me Another at the Bell House in Brooklyn. On Monday, May 19th, don't miss comedian Anthony Jeselnik in the puzzle hot seat. Info at amatickets.org. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and let's welcome our very important puzzler, Andrew W.K. Thank you very much. Very good to be here. Very intimidating, very impressive, but uh, very, very fun. So, Uh, come on, you can't be intimidated. That was pretty impressive. I didn't get a a single one of the the names right. Um, Yeah. So you do uh, so many things, musician, writer, motivational speaker, advice columnist for The Village Voice, TV host, and of course you're the authority on partying. So for listeners who don't know your greatest hits, they include Party Hard, uh, It's Time to Party, 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 Party. What message are you really trying to send here? To have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's one word that everyone understands, and uh, they can sort of take that and celebrate in their own way. And uh, of all things I could think to do that I should spend my time on, partying seemed like the most fun of all. So I decided to go professional with it, and I'm enjoying it very much. So, I mean, I have my definition of partying. What is, what is your private definition of partying? When you're like, I, Andrew W.K., want to have a good time. I'm doing this. Uh, coming to uh, an event like this. It really is. The, the, Too kind. Well. <laughs> no, the variety uh, it, it definitely helps to keep me entertained. And I think if I'm going to entertain other people, I have to be entertained by my life first. So that's the party. You know, not being dead is, is, is my version of partying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. Thank you very much. Now, you're a classically trained piano player. Yes, traditionally trained. Traditionally trained. Out of respect for people that are much better than me, I don't feel comfortable saying classically trained. So how do you go from a traditionally trained piano player accepted to the Art Institute of Chicago to becoming a rock star? You just uh, have to make a, a special kind of uh, an agreement with yourself uh, and with some other... <laughs> people, or depends how you describe them. Uh, you sell your soul to yourself, basically. <laughs> okay. So, again, so far, so good. 
So when you came to New York, did you work uh, a lot of different jobs in the beginning? I did, yeah. I was an opera ticket salesman, a bubblegum ball machine salesman, a uh, retail clerk at uh, Kim's Video when they had their location on St. Mark's Place. I also worked in the window dressing displays at uh, Bergdorf Goodman. Wow, all right. The one good thing about just about every job was there was someone there that would always make me laugh all day, and that helped uh, make the rest of it less painful. Much like this. <laughs> Doesn't make it any better for, for me. <laughs> one thing you said uh, that I loved is that you would just say yes to any gig in the beginning, didn't matter what it was, because that was how you were going to propel yourself forward. Yeah, and, and, and again, like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, propel yourself forward is hilarious, but... Uh... <laughs> It seemed like uh, that was a good way to get things done, was to do them. So in the beginning when you were <laughs> taking music gigs, were you playing in like random places, a Starbucks or something like that? I did. Those are Really? My, you played at a Starbucks? You didn't know that? That no. was one of my first uh, shows, was playing the Astor Place Starbucks with uh, a great group that also was first beginning called Fisher Spooner. Uh, and, was, uh, and Sweet Thunder was the name of the production, and I think the manager thought it would be novel to have live music, but it was... You know, not exactly what they were expecting, I think. <laughs> I think you would have gone over better. A little acoustic, with, a mellow with that, acoustic with that vibe. Crowd. Yeah. Yes, but no, that, that was some of my first shows uh, in New York. Now, you sing, play piano, drums, bass, yeah. Yeah, a little guitar. Yeah, uh, a little bit. And you have a book coming out, The Party Bible? Yes, I'm, I'm working on my first book uh, about partying. It's not really a autobiography or even very anecdotal. I'm trying to make it more uh, like a new age sort of self-help through partying concept. <laughs> okay. Can you give us a tease on a uh, tip or a how-to? Uh, yes. Uh, one thing I've been working on with it lately is uh, this idea of how to have a, a, an open mind or maintain an open mind. And it seems to involve staying in a state of doubt, questioning everything, which we've heard people say that, but I never really understood what that meant. So you even have to question the idea of questioning things. But not too much, or then you won't end up really being able to think at all. But that's an interesting feeling when it happens, believe me. I totally relate to that. I've thought before that the only true feeling of happiness is confusion. I think that's the the closest closest, we can get. That is the closest we can get. I agree. Yeah. See, I know how to party. I feel very happy right now. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay, Andrew, we're going to subject you to your own Ask Me Another challenge at the end of the show. But right now, we are going to find out a little bit more about you with our next contestant. Hello, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, this is Saker Alexander from Canton, Ohio. Hello, Saker. I'm here with Andrew W.K. and Jonathan Colton. Hi, Saker. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Uh, Now, Saker, are you an Andrew W.K. fan? I am an Andrew W.K. fan. I love Gundam Rock. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, that's a a tribute to a Japanese animation series uh, album that I released a few years ago. Thank you for having that. Yeah. Oh, I'm a huge nerd, so it it hit a sweet spot for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not only are you a huge nerd, Saker, but you've been on the television basically celebrating that. Is that right? No, that is not right, actually. <laughs> I applied for a oh. nerd reality TV show, but I was not... I got to, like, the final level of contestant search, but I was not there. So I, I wasn't nerdy enough. I can't imagine. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it either. Well, I think this is perfect that you're, you're having your uh, telephone show appearance. I mean, what, yeah, on this a radio? Is it. Yeah. This is, 
No, I, that's, I've always been told that, yeah, that I'd rather be on radio than television. People would rather see oh. me there. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's not even that you have a face for radio. You have a face for radio over the telephone. <laughs> exactly. Wow. There needs to be a couple levers of separation there, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, this game is called Party Etiquette with Andrew WK, and we've asked Andrew some multiple-choice questions about the right way to party, and all you have to do, Saker, is tell us what you think Andrew chose, and he will let you know if you got it right. Let's start. You're going to a house party, and being a good guest, you want to bring a gift. What's the most awesome gift? A rescue cat? (laughs) Even if you rescued it from your next-door neighbor's? A literal chocolate fountain wheeled in by dudes dressed as Hershey Kisses? Or nothing. Your presence is their present. Ooh. Um, I think that you shouldn't give people an animal they're not expecting because <laughs> that's just generally never a good idea. Um, and, gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, coming again from the nerd thing, I think self-confidence low is sort of the nerd stereotype. So I'm going to go with the second one because I don't think I'd be enough. So I'm going to go with the, the Hershey, the chocolate fountain. Okay, pl- wait, wait, Saker. I know that oh. you're, you're thinking about this deep in your soul and what you would do. But you are answering how you think Andrew W.K. would answer. Oh, then Andrew W.K. is enough. Oh, you're right, of course. I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would be enough as well, Saker. But, Andrew, Aww, what, what did you choose? I chose C. My presence is their present. <laughs> All right. I would like a chocolate fountain. <laughs> I would like an unexpected cat. <laughs> All right. You have hosted an epic party at your house, but there are still a few people who don't get that it's time to leave even though you've turned off the music and are obviously cleaning up. Do you, A, call a cab, and when it arrives, trick your guests into going outside and lock the door behind them? (laughs) B, put some hot pockets in the microwave and turn the music back on, because it's now a sleepover. (laughs) Or C, make a dramatic production of locking your front door and in your most terrifying voice, tell everyone that the party's not over until you say it is. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. So, let's see. Hot Pockets are basically pizza sandwiches, so I'm going to go with Hot Pockets. With B, you're going to go with Hot Pockets. Yeah. That is correct. That is the right. Yes. Yeah. Well done. I think we're getting into a groove now. Yeah. You're yeah. thinking like me. Saker, when you party hard, sometimes you get double booked. You know what I'm saying? Of course. If you have to duck out of a party early to go to another party, do you A, apologize and say goodbye to all of your friends no matter how long it takes... B, leave without saying anything to anyone. They'll figure it out. Or C, why leave when you can get kicked out? Oh, man. Um, I guess, okay, again, I'm Andrew WK, so... Uh, okay, I'm just going to get kicked out, I guess. You're going to get oh. kicked out? <laughs> yeah. Andrew. Uh, that is not the answer that I chose. I chose oh, no, B. sorry. I chose B, leave without saying anything to anyone. They'll figure it out. All right, Saker, which of these outfits did Andrew W.K. say he would be most likely to wear to a party? A, a full tuxedo with tails, top hat, and a cane. B, speedos, flip-flops, and rose-tinted goggles. Or C, the last thing he wore to that furries convention. (laughs) Um, 
You know, I am from Ohio, and I know that he did actually speak at a furry, not a furry convention, but a My Little Pony convention. That's right. That's tempting. Well, 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 well. Bronies are totally different from furries. <laughs> That's no, true. I know, I know. I corrected myself. I'm that sorry. Is true. I'm sorry. Watch yourself. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, he's a pretty classy guy, so tuxedo sounds promising. Um, you're giving me no middle ground. It's classy or speedo. <laughs> or, or a furry's costume. Right. I'm sorry. I already discounted that one. I'm going to go with tuxedo. Wow. Yeah. Wrong again. <laughs> but I do like tuxedos. Uh, no, I chose C, what I, oh, no. wore, I wore last the furries convention. And, and actually, I was recently invited to several furry conventions, and I have, uh, thanks to the community, been uh, given my own furry character, which is called a fursona. And... <laughs> Mine is uh, a wolf with wings, and it's called the party animal. Ah, nice. nice. That so, is yes. awesome. Saker, we're going to send you an Ask Me Another prize. You've done it. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Saker. Thank you. And thank you, Andrew W.K. Thank you very much. So far, so good. We will see you later in the show for your own challenge. Did you know that you can party with Ask Me Another anywhere? We're looking for some worthy contestants, both on the phone and right here on stage. So if you think you have what it takes, take our contestant quiz. Just send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org. Let's meet our next two contestants, Ryan Williams and Drew Kostick. Ryan, Drew, what is your personal party philosophy? Drew? Uh, I'm going to go with an oldie but a goodie. Life's too short. Party naked. (laughs) I like that. That's an oldie but a newie as well. I think that's new to some people. Ryan? I guess uh, try to leave the party better than you found it and uh, (laughs) before you embarrass yourself. (laughs) Two very different styles. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, my theory does not agree with that. I like the idea of, like, cleaning up while you're partying. (laughs) Our next game is called Tonight We're Gonna Party, and that sounds like Prince to me, which is very exciting. Is that what's happening? That's exactly what's... You have, like, a superpower for detecting when a Prince song is coming. (laughs) I do love the Prince. And in honor of Andrew W.K., we are going to party like it is 1999, because this is a trivia show on public radio. We're also going to party like some other, perhaps less festive years. (laughs) Get ready for a wild time. I'm going to sing about events that all happened in a certain year. All you have to do is ring in and tell me what year I'm talking about. And if you don't get it right, your opponent can steal. And because I'm a nice guy, if neither of you gets it exactly right, we will award the point to the person who gets the closest. And our puzzle guru, Art Chung, will do the math. That's what I'm here for, doing math. Doing math. (laughs) You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I agree. They say a revolution starting George III better stop his jive All these colonies will rise up like it's Ryan, 1775 Yeah, you got it And founding fathers kind of dress like Prince, if you think about it A lot of ruffles A lot of ruffles ruffles. and all Martha Stewart goes to jail Carrie's presidential bid won't last 
Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. The Grammy goes to Outcast. Drew. 2004. Yeah, you got it. We were so concerned that this game would be super hard. Yeah, these are a couple of uh, well-informed I gentlemen. Know. I like it. I'm sweating profusely right now. <laughs> well, you look cool as a cucumber. Stop, you're making me blush. I wish that you were not naked, however. <laughs> Everybody else is sweating profusely as a result of <laughs> The Simpsons get their own show. The Exxon Valdez runs aground. The Oscar goes to Rain Man And the Berlin Wall comes down Ryan, 1989? That's right Welcome Alaska and Hawaii And Barbie, it's a new doll line Fidel Castro's taking over like it's True 1949? No, excuse me, 1959. That is correct. 1959 is correct. A little brain fart there, excuse me. <laughs> Fours and fives, they get confused in my head. Well, all. they're practically the same now. <laughs> it's easier when the dates rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know, we didn't do that every time. Took me time. halfway through the game to figure that one out. <laughs> Beatles land at JFK, the first album's out from the stones. Khrushchev is deposed, Warren says Ockwald acted alone. Drew? 1964. That's right. Nailed it. Nailing it. You guys are like smart and stuff. Yeah. If I didn't get the Beatles question, I was going to be kaput. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sam. Hong Kong returns to China. Comet Hail Bop is getting near. Titanic hits the theaters and South Park makes its TV premiere. Drew? 1996. Incorrect. Ryan? Say 2000. <laughs> Whoa, audience freaks out. The crowd is booing you. Stop lighting the bellhouse on you fire. Take it. You were the closest one, Drew. 95? No, it's 97, but you, oh, were, you were one away. Right. I didn't even need Art I'll to do the math. Yeah, I don't have anything to do here. I know, sorry. Yeah. It's just been easy math, so I haven't turned to you. Okay. This is your last clue. They say we all can get insurance and breaking bad ends, it's time on screen. Hope's gonna retire like it's <laughs> Ryan. 2013. Yeah! yeah. Right. Ryan's like, this is a rhyming one. Oh. I know this one. I know it's the right, the only one possible rhyme. I've never seen two contestants try to break buzzers. <laughs> <laughs> that was some strong buzzer use. Archung, uh, who won that game? That was an amazing game, and Drew was our winner. Congratulations, Drew. We'll see you at their final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we're going to talk to our VIP musician, Andrew WK, about a rock musical that debuted in 1970. So stay tuned. This is NPR's Ask Me Another.
Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and we're going to talk to musician Andrew W.K. about the ultimate partier, Jesus Christ Superstar, in just a bit. But first, please welcome to the stage Sheldon Levy and Phil Bethel. So interestingly, Sheldon, your mother worked in the airline industry, so you've been on a thousand planes. She still does. And still Um, does. June, she'll be 36 years at United Airlines. Wow. Very very proud of her, and she sacrificed a lot, and I got to see the world because of it. So thanks, Mom. I know. Phil, you are a traveler, an avid hiker. You even ran a, um, you ran like a, a hiker's hut on the Appalachian Trail. Is that of right? sorts. As a glorified Sherpa, we carried food up to these huts and then cooked it. So I've cooked a turkey dinner for 96 people single-handedly. Wow. All right. You are the guy to know. If you had to pick out one thing you despise about traveling, what would you say? People who don't know how to fly on an airplane. <laughs> You paid $150 to go to Denver. Don't expect first-class treatment. Like, treat everybody nicely. Right. They're working hard. They're hard-working people, you know? Phil, how about you? It's when people take chickens on the bus. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, the worst. This is going to be perfect, this game. Because this game is called Unruly Passengers. Jonathan, as a touring musician, you've been all over the world. Yes. And yeah. touring is tough, right? Traveling is tough. Touring can be uh, a real bummer, yeah. In this game, we will be hearing complaints from passengers who we have sent back in time to participate in some legendary historical journeys. Contestants, you will have to tell us what famous trip our spoiled passenger is whining about. Puzzle Guru Archung, give us an example, please. I specifically requested not to be on the Pinta. You better move me to a deluxe cabin on the Santa Maria when we get to the Canary Islands, or you'll be in big trouble, buddy. That would be the complaint from a passenger on Christopher Columbus's expedition to the New World. So ring in when you know the answer, and the winner of this game will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Okay, good. Here we go. Excuse me, ma'am. I've asked several times to be moved to the front of the boat. I'm going to tell your manager about this. What's your name? Saka Joia? Well, guess what? I'm going to Saka you in the Joia. <laughs> Phil. That would be Lewis and Clark. That is correct. Saka you in the Jawia. Yeah. That is one heck of a public radio insult. This nonstop flight to Paris is taking forever. Where is my Kahlua and Coke? Where are the stewardesses? Pilot, are you the only one on this plane? Oh, wait. I am the pilot, and I am the only one on this plane. (laughs) Phil. That'd be Charles Lindbergh. That's right. His transatlantic flight. Solo flight. That's right. Nice. Pardon me, Tenzing, Edmund, I need to go back to base camp because there's uh, no 4G service up here. Uh, Plus the tip of my nose fell off from frostbite, so how is my selfie going to look without a nose? (laughs) Sheldon. That is uh, Edmund Hillary's expedition to the summit of Mount Everest. Well, 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 someone's showing off with that answer. (laughs) Oh man, we really need to stop soon. I drank way too much tang. Uh, I'm not going to make it to the Sea of Tranquility. I can't take off my suit. You better floor it, Buzz. (laughs) Phil. I'd be Apollo 11 going to the moon. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Hey, 
Henry, we need to ask for directions. We can't just keep wandering around Central Africa. Oh, let's ask these nice villagers. Excuse me, uh, do you know where I can find a doctor? Oh, he's right there. See, Henry, was that so hard? Sheldon. Guy who went to find Dr. Livingstone. Stanley went to find Livingstone. Yeah, exactly. Stanley finds Livingstone. That's right. There it is. All right, this is your last question. This is the new world. I've been on this boat for 66 days with these boring, silent people, and we land on this tiny, stupid rock. At least I got this buckle on my hat. <laughs> Phil. That would be the, uh, the pilgrims land at Plymouth Rock. That's right. I just, that's right. Just for the record, they don't really think they landed on Plymouth Rock, and also they didn't really have buckles in their hats, but please don't write us letters. <laughs> They might have had a buckle on their hat. Maybe one of them had a buckle on their hat. We just don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. And apparently there's some rock on some beach somewhere that they say is Plymouth Rock. But, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. And the turkey was really a pheasant. Right. It keeps going. It keeps it's all going. lies. It's all lies. <laughs> it's all lies. Art, how did that game go? That game went great, and Phil was our winner. Congratulations, Phil. We'll see you on our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Please welcome back our very important puzzler, Andrew W.K. Thank you. All right. So, Andrew, when I asked you what topics you thought you might be interested in playing a game on, you gave me a very amazing yet specific list. Yes, Uh, I was struggling because I realized, unfortunately, that I didn't know very much about anything except partying. Yes. Which was helpful because you wanted to cover that as part of the, the questions. But then... uh. You thought, do you have any other interests? And that's when I started to get even more concerned and turned to my CD uh, collection, and that's how we got this topic. Well, you said 90s grunge rock. That was good. Classic pinball games. We were excited by that. The band Judas Priest, who doesn't love? Yes. And the rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar, specifically not the movie, but the original London cast album. Yes. the, The movie is very good. And uh, very, very similar in, in quality, but I, I haven't seen it as much as I've listened to the original uh, you know, musical version of the album. So, yeah, so we talked about this, and we uh, talked about it with Jonathan Colton. He got super excited. Yeah, I, honestly, if you wanted me to, I could sing that whole double album start to finish It, it, it is right that now. good. It's very catchy. Yeah, and I, for some reason, it was one of those things, I, like, I, you know, I found it in my parents' record collection. For some reason, I listened to it like crazy. And it, as still, if I find a kindred spirit at a party or something, and I start singing part of it, before you, maybe you have this experience too, where you're just like suddenly you're like trading lines and yes, a lot of people do like it. I do think it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's best musical. I also think it's one of the best rock albums ever recorded, you know, musical or not. And uh, the, the 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 cast or you know the the singers they had yeah. uh, were just mind blowing. And there's a rawness and a, and a and a an immediate quality to. All the performances, they probably did it in one take. That's uh, the way they... they re- it does sound like that at times, yeah. It's very, <laughs> good very way, true and pure. Yeah, no, because yeah. that's how they record musicals, right. uh, just like they are performing it. So I really recommend it. If you haven't uh, heard it before, some of the songs were big hits, so you probably recognize them. Nice. And how did you originally come to find it? One of my friend's moms uh, listened to it a lot in the car when she would drive us uh, to and from school and soccer practice. <laughs> and I was just completely blown away. I think it was one of the first albums I ever asked to buy. 
well, this is great because this is what our quiz is all about. Okay. So you're, you're in a uh, perfect situation, and I hope you're ready for your Jesus Christ super quiz. So, Andrew, if you get enough questions right, Allison Freeman of South Haven, Mississippi, is going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. So the stakes are high. Okay. Andrew Ledweber and Tim Rice were only 21 and 25 years old when they came up with the idea of a rock opera based on the story of Jesus. They began with the song Superstar, which questions whether Jesus knew what he was doing. In those days, that was an edgy question to ask. So complete these lyrics. Every time I look at you, I don't understand Why you let the things you did get so out of hand You'd have managed better if you'd had a plan Why'd you choose such a backward time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation Israel in 4 BC had no Mass communication Yeah Thank you, and well, well played Oh, thank you This is like a dream come true for me, I swear <laughs> The role of Jesus was played by Ian Gillen, who is best known for fronting the band Deep Purple. But in 1983, he spent a year as a lead singer for what other heavy metal group, replacing Ronnie James Dio, who himself had replaced Ozzy Osbourne? Rainbow. No. But you said it with such confidence, I want to just believe you're right. I thought he had, uh, they had both sung for that. So uh, then it must be Black Sabbath. Yes. Okay. All right, the character Mary Magdalene has one of the biggest songs on the album, the hit I Don't Know How to Love Him. But what other character sings these lines in a different song? I don't know how to love him. Right phrasing, too. I don't know why he moves me. He's a man. He's just a man. He's not a king. He's just the same as anyone I know. Go for it. He scares me so. Oh, man, I'm not so good. So that was uh, Judas and uh, Murray Head. Yeah, that's right. Singing as him. Yes. One of the greatest voices, I think, of all time. Murray Murray Head, yeah. Absolutely. Unbelievable. He sounds like he's crying at all times, which is very intense. (laughs) But just no one sounds like that. No one has a voice like him. And he has another great song, Say It Ain't, Ain't So Joe. Do you know that? That was a big hit song besides uh, One Night in Bangkok. Yeah, you, you and I were going to bro out about Murray Head later on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, this is the last question. Okay. We are going to change, I should say I am going to change one key word in the song Everything's All Right. Identify that word and give me the original word. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. I think I was shown this. Uh, earlier backstage by accident. I believe so. Okay, we're going to edit that out. Okay. (laughs) Right? And it looks like you are guaranteed to get this one. (laughs) All right, let's try it. Let's see what happens, right? I mean, who knows? Otherwise, we don't really have an ending for the game, so... I do appreciate how honest you are. That is amazing. I could tell I wasn't supposed to see it, uh-huh. and then I tried to unsee it. <laughs> sort of like uh, sexual experiences. <laughs> A lot of people compare our show. <laughs> All right, well, let's proceed with this farce, shall we? Okay. <clears throat> Identify the word if you can. 
and give us the original word if you know it. Here we go. Sleep on I shall soothe you, come you and anoint you cheese for your hot forehead. Oh, then you'll feel everything's alright. Yes, everything's fine. And it's cool and the ointment's sweet. Is it myrrh? It is myrrh. Okay. It's not cheese. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, Andrew. You did amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Really beautifully sung and performed. Allison Freeman of South Haven, Mississippi, will receive an Ask Me Another prize thanks to you. Good, and good, good. we will give you an Ask Me Another Anagram t-shirt. So thank you so much. Thank you. Another You're welcome. huge round of applause for our VIP, Andrew WK. Thank you. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. 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 Why should you want to know? Why are you obsessed with fighting? Don't you try to think ahead. Save tomorrow for tomorrow. Think about today instead. I could give you facts and figures. Tell me what's happening. Andrew WK, everybody. Thank you again. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from How Now, Brown Cow, Jim Noggle. From nickname, Sylvia Ozels. From tonight, we're going to party, Drew Kostick. And from Unruly Passengers, Phil Bethel. Our puzzle guru, Art Chung, will take us out and crown a winner. Thanks, Ophira. This final round is titled Gone Fishing. In this game, all the answers contain the name of a fish or other aquatic creature. For example, if I said, it's a plot device in a crime novel that draws attention away from the mystery solution, you would say, red herring. We're going to play this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer. The last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. Remember, every answer will contain the name of a fish or other aquatic creature. Here we go, Jim. It's a cheddar-flavored baked snack cracker from Pepperidge Farm. Goldfish cracker? Goldfish is correct. Sylvia. A person who lends money at extremely high interest rates. A loan shark. You got it. True. According to the nursery rhyme, this character could eat no fat, and his wife could eat no lean. John Tripe? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That sounds incorrect. Uh, Phil, do you know the answer? John Trout? John Trout is also not the answer we're looking for. Jim, do you know the answer? Jack Spratt? Jack Spratt is the answer. Thank you, Phil and Drew. We are quickly down to two players. Sylvia, this ill-fated boat set out for a three-hour tour before reaching Gilligan's Island. The Minnow. The SS Minnow. You got it. Jim, Provincetown, Massachusetts is the end of this peninsula that's a popular vacation spot. Cape Cod. Yeah, that's right. Sylvia, a hairstyle that's short on the top and sides, but long in the back. 
A mullet? Yep, that's a fish. <laughs> Playing this game, we learned, like, oh, these are all fish names. <laughs> Jack yeah. Spratt was a surprise. <laughs> Jim, the title of a B-52 song that also makes up most of the words in the song's chorus. Rock Lobster. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> Sylvia, it's a tube-shaped underwater projectile. A stingray missile. (laughs) Jim, do you know the answer? For the win. Can I just hear it one more time? Sure, it's a tube-shaped underwater projectile. Torpedo's all I got. Torpedo is right! You're the winner! (laughs) The very definition of anticlimax right there. But Jim, you did it. You're Ask Me Another Big Winner. Congratulations. And as your grand prize, Andrew W.K. is going to serve as your personal party planner to help you throw the ultimate party. He will give you advice on food, decorations, entertainment, and so much more, Jim. That is so me. That is so you. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to come to a live taping of Ask Me Another at the Bell House in Brooklyn, just go to amatickets.org, and you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. With additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Karen Lurie, Josiah Madigan, Mary Tobler, Greg Volk, and Christine Walters. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, Alan Arkagan, and our intern, Annabelle Bacon, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Bill Moss. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. On Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, author A.J. Jacobs reveals the little bits of wisdom that stay with you when you read the entire encyclopedia. Like, I remember that Rene Descartes had a fetish for cross-eyed women. That's the stuff that sticks in there. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's guiltiest and most puzzling pleasure.